Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 13 verses 10 through 16 called, We Have an Altar. Now notice this connecting thought. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. John 19, 20 says that Jesus suffered near the city. He suffered outside the walls of Jerusalem. Jesus is the ultimate day of atonement, if you will, right? By that one sacrifice, he perfected us for all time. And when Jesus died on the cross and was dying on the cross, it was in an area called Golgotha. You guys remember this from the Gospel of John. And it was known as the place of the skull. And when you go to Israel today, there's a little bit of debate on locations, but there was, there's the garden tomb area, and about 100 feet away is uh, heading east, if I recall correctly, is Golgotha. And it's most likely that Jesus is dying on a cross as people are walking right by, their heads probably at about his foot level. We don't know that he died on a hill like a lot of pictures say that he did. He, he probably was along the road because the Romans would crucify people as a warning uh, to warn people of any kind of uprising against Rome. It was like a threat. And so as people walked by, he was outside those city gates proper, dying outside the camp as the ultimate atonement for our sin. Jesus suffered outside the gate. He was rejected by his own people. He died outside the walls of Jerusalem, says one writer, abused and despised by his nation. Uh, another writer says, Jesus planted his cross in the world so all the world would have access. He remains permanently available, close quote, outside the gate, proper, if you will. And then the, the encouragement, hence, let us go out to him, uh, Let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. The NIV has, let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. The New English Bible says, bearing the stigma that he bore. Here's the imagery, simply put. If you're going to trust in Jesus Christ and the new covenant, you're going to have to leave the camp of Judaism to the original audience of the recipients of Hebrews you're going to, the camp in, in Hebrew thought was the community. They would set up camp. You would have tribes who camped around the tabernacle. When you left the camp, you were cut off from the community. And the writer of Hebrews says, look, if you are going to go to the true Jesus, you're going to have to leave the camp. In this case, the camp of the old covenant. Now, some of you, when you came to Christ, you had to leave some things that were extremely familiar and extremely important to your inner circle. Amen? And some of you, it was very easy for you because you grew up in a Christian home or it was the natural progression for you. But others of you, you had to literally leave the camp. Maybe you grew up in an atheistic household. Maybe it was another religion, very much, you know, opposite Christianity. 
And when you leave the camp, if you will, when you go out to Jesus, you bear his reproach. The writer is basically saying this. This is what Moses did. Uh, He considered the reproach of Jesus as greater riches, riches than the treasures of Egypt. The reproach is the same word in Greek, disgrace, as in our verse right here. Moses made a decision uh, to bear the reproach of Christ and go out to his people rather than the treasures of Egypt. For Moses was looking to the reward. We are called to willfully embrace disgrace. (laughs) And all God's people said, yeah, that sounds wonderful. But if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to go outside the camp, if you're going to go outside the walls, if you're going to follow the true Christ, the world may not applaud you. Oh, a vanilla Christian, they'll, they'll have no problem with you. But you start preaching the cross of Christ, you start living for the cross of Christ, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Sounds to me like there's a little bit of cost there, a little reproach. And when Jesus bore the cross, he despised the shame. I'm not saying we need to like it. I'm not saying we should sing songs about disgrace. It's such a wonderful place to experience disgrace or whatever we'd say. No, 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 no. Jesus despised the shame. But he endured the cross for the what? The joy set before him. Hebrews 12, verse 2. You see, a decision that sometimes following Christ, I'm going to get stigmatized. I might receive some disfavor from people. Oh, I remember I was a young man. I think I was in my early 20s trying to figure out my life, and I had just become a Christian. And I was at a friend's house, and I told the friend's dad that I was considering becoming a pastor. And he went, oh, no, anything but that. Don't, don't, please, don't do it. No, he was like emphatic. What an encouragement. I felt about this tall. But that man had a vision of what a preacher was that he got from television, right? And uh, he thought I was going to have too much horsepower on my blow dryer (laughs) and wear funky suits and teach strange things and send out prayer cloths or whatever. But he tried to shame me. Oh, no, no, no. And there's going to be people in your life that will try to shame you. You think Moses was happy that he decided to share in the disgrace of Christ when he went out to his people? I think he was pretty happy when all 10 plagues hit Egypt and didn't hit him and his family. I think he was pretty happy when he crossed the Red Sea and watched the Egyptian army drown. You see, yeah, there's a cost, but it's not forever. So we go outside the camp. Um, I think it was Stedman who said, outside the camp does not necessarily mean physical withdrawal from the world. It refers more to an inner attitude 
which sees no value in religious ritual and dietary restrictions. It looks directly to the promises of the new covenant for personal strength to live by, close quote. Spurgeon put it this way, and this is powerful. A sorry life your master had, you see. All the filth in earth's kennels was thrown at him by sacrilegious hands. No epitaph was thought coarse enough, no terms hard enough. He was the song of the drunkard. And they, they that sat in the gate spoke against him. This was the reproach of Christ. And we're not to marvel if we bear as much. Well, says one, I will not be a Christian if I'm to bear that. Skulk back, creep away, then you coward, says Spurgeon, to your own damnation. But oh, men that love God and who seek after the eternal reward, I pray you do not shrink from this cross. You must bear it, close quote. You know, I think you're going to find the closer you get to Christ, the more this world will have nothing for you. Oh, sometimes it sparkles a little bit, and sometimes, even as a believer, you go, but you know what? The truth of the matter is, there's nothing there. And yeah, there might be some difficult moments as a Christian, but here's what we need to remember. Here, we don't have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. All this is temporary, And could the Hebrew recipients of this letter have realized that within seven years of them receiving the letter of Hebrews, the altar in the temple would be destroyed? In about seven years from the time the letter was delivered to their doorstep, there was no more altar. There was no more alternative because Jesus said in Matthew 24, do you see these temples? Do you see the temple? You see the priest sphinx? You see the rocks? You see everything? Not one stone will be left upon another that will not be torn down. And in 70 AD, you all know what happened, right? The Romans came in and destroyed that edifice to the ground, burned it to the ground. People who walked by there a decade later said the area looked like there had never been a building there before. And what we think we, we maybe need to make sure we can get back over there. You know, maybe we want to go back inside the camp. No. There was nothing to go back to. There was no more altar. There was no more altar of burnt offering. And still, 2,000 years later, it still ain't there. Because it's been fulfilled. There's nothing to go back to. You see... We don't have a lasting city here. Everything, and look, we don't, we don't like to dwell on this, but everything here is impermanent, we know. Abraham was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Hebrews 11.10. We have a citizenship in heaven, and that citizenship is already existing in us. And one day we will be there with him. Just look at the end of chapter 12, just to remind ourselves. Look at 1227. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, Hebrews 1227, as of created things, in order that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God 
and acceptable service with reverence and awe. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station. It's a daily program. We can be on every day like we are here, and we can be ministering to a whole new group of people. An opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. The door is open, the gospel is free. But the old saying is, someone's got to put in the plumbing. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. In his spiritual workout plan, what is that spiritual workout plan? It's to heal, it's to get better, it's to pursue some things. And one of the things that you pursue is peace. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. That's about the price to go out and get a sandwich, a bag of chips, and a drink. You'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to help us expand, we could use your help. Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. Thank you so much to all of our partners, all of our listening family, all of our new listeners. We love you. Begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. We maybe need to make sure we can get back over there, you know. Maybe we want to go back inside the camp. No. There was nothing to go back to. There was no more altar. There was no more altar of burnt offering. And still, 2,000 years later, it still ain't there. Because it's been fulfilled. There's nothing to go back to. You see, we don't have a lasting city here. Everything, and look, we don't, we don't like to dwell on this, but everything here is impermanent, we know. Abraham was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Hebrews 11.10. We have a citizenship in heaven, and that citizenship is already existing in us. And one day we will be there with him. Just look at the end of chapter 12, just to remind ourselves. Look at 12.27. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken. Hebrews 12.27. As of created things in order that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Now, our last two verses are practical. So what do we do? If, if this is paid in full, if it's a done deal, one time for all people, for all time who believe in Christ, what do I do now? What if I'm a Jewish person and I'm so used to offerings and altars, is there any sacrifice left? Like, what do I do now as a believer? Do I just eat falafel and drink iced tea and... What's my life of worship look like? What should I be doing? We'll have uh, two verses that will give us some encouragement. 15, chapter 13. Through him, through Jesus then, therefore, in light of what we've just studied, let us what? Continually, here's our worship, offer up 
sacrificial language, a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give what? Thanks to his name. Okay, you want to know what sacrifice God wants now through Jesus? He wants you continually. How are you all doing with that? Are you a continually thankful person? Oh, yeah. Wake up. Praising the Lord. Do you? If you do, you probably annoy some people around you. How many of you wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Where'd that even come from, bushy-tailed? Anyway, how many of you have signs in your house? Do not speak to me until I've had at least 1.5 cups of coffee. Can I get a witness, anybody? Life begins after coffee. Some of you have Jesus and coffee. Hopefully it's Jesus first and then coffee, right? So what do we do? We continually offer a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes praising God is going to be a sacrifice, especially if you're a person in this culture. Because if you were to praise the name of Jesus in front of people who didn't believe, it could be a sacrifice, right? What? Don't bring that name up here. That could be a sacrifice. It's the fruit of our lips. Giving what? Thanks to his name. Okay, this is a sacrifice we make in the new covenant in response to what he's done. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We love him. We speak of his goodness. McLaren puts it this way. Loving hearts must speak. What would you think of a husband who never felt any impulse to tell his wife that she's dear to him? Or a mother who never found it needful to unpack her heart of its tenderness? Even in, he says in some old English here, in perhaps the inarticulate croonings over the little child that she pressed to her heart. It seems to me that a dumb Christian, a man who is thankful for Christ's sacrifice and never feels the need to say so, is as great an anomaly as either of these that I have described. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? So we... Offer the sacrifice of praise. If you're interested, this is a direct quote from Hosea 14.2, that we might present the fruit of our lips. If you go back and read Hosea 14.2, it's actually in a context of Israel repenting of their idolatry and coming back to God. So, one practical, we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. We give thanks. We're thankful people. That's a sacrifice. There's an old song, give thanks with a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One, give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now, let the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich, because of what the Lord has done for us. Second sacrifice, do not neglect, final verse for tonight, doing good and sharing, the word sharing is koinonias, has the idea of Uh, communion with one another, but here it's sharing uh, goods or resources. Don't neglect doing good and sharing. For with what? Such sacrifices. Here's another sacrifice in the new covenant. God is pleased. An additional way, in addition to praise and thanksgiving, that we come to the altar is we do good and share. This is an act of worship. Hear that phrase, act of worship. 
is doing good and sharing. Do you know that when you do good and share, when you give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, you help somebody out, you pray with them, you show up, whatever it is, and you do good and share, God is pleased and he sees that as worship. So the next time you're doing a good deed for somebody, we don't do it for the kudos, but when we're doing it, it can be worship. Good work, hard work, sharing, doing good are all acts of worship. Your worship is not just in this building when songs are going up. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. And this is how we please God. Praise of God in word and deed are inseparable. Father, help us as we think about ways that we could respond to this glorious sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And as we partake of the elements of the communion table, we want to remember what Jesus has done for us, his great and final sacrifice for all time. It's done. And now we just respond to it with a heart of gratitude and giving. We could simply just define it that way. Now that it's done, we respond with gratitude and giving. And that's going to look different in different settings, Lord, but it's not hard for us to understand what that's about. Help us to have grateful hearts. Help us to be a giving people. And help us to share, to share our lives, our hearts, our love, our resources. Thank you for this precious body of believers for the wonderful people that minister to one another week in and week out in this place. We give you praise and thanks. And as we remember your great sacrifice on the cross through the resurrection, I pray that we be strengthened by grace as we come to a symbolic altar and we remember what you did for us, Lord. We want to honor you through this. And with your head and heart bowed just for a moment, if you don't know Jesus yet, if you haven't received him as your king, your savior, your Lord. If you haven't turned away from your sin and trusted in him, do it now. And all you have to do really simply is just turn around, repent, and just tell him that you love him, that you trust him, that you're grateful. You want to be his follower. He's faithful to save if you call upon his name. Do that now. You've been listening to We Have an Altar, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 13, verses 10 through 16. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, if you're a new listener to Walk in Truth, you may not have heard, but recently we have been provided an open door to broadcast in Oahu, Hawaii. And the door is open, but we need to raise the funds to take advantage of this opportunity. What does that mean, Pastor Michael? Well, the bottom line is it it means we need about 125 listening partners, walk-in-truth partners to commit $20 a month. 
Well, when you go to walkintruth.com, if you make a commitment to be a monthly recurring giver, and the website will walk you through that, walkintruth.com, you'll see the Hawaii opportunity plastered all over that homepage. And let me just say something personally. I don't get paid to do radio. Um, I do this because it's part of the overflow of the passion I have as a pastor. But I want to share something else with you, and this is not to toot our horn, but my wife and I give to Walk in Truth. I don't make anything from what I do here in terms of radio ministry. We actually give to the ministry. And you say, well, Pastor Michael, why do you give to the ministry? Because we believe in it. Because we believe in its impact and what it's doing. So my wife and I, the truth is we're, we're taken care of by what God's people give, but they give to God and then we are you know, on the receiving end in terms of support. But we still take some of that pay and we give it to walk in truth. That's where I'm at personally. I believe in it and I want to put feet to that. And I, I bring it up not because I planned on saying it. In fact, uh, if you have any history with the church I pastor or this radio ministry, we downplay the topic of giving because I'm not necessarily comfortable with it. But I will tell you this, the opportunity will sit there unrealized unless we have the partners. That's just the bottom line. So if you want to be one of those partners that helps us get on an additional radio station, go to walkintruth.com, go there today, make that monthly commitment. Maybe you can do more than $20 a month. Maybe 20 is your max, but that would really help us and it would be a blessing. Uh, Go there today, walkintruth.com. Thank you so much. Appreciate your hearts. We'll see you right here. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's final teaching in the book of Hebrews. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.